You haven't opened? I do. Oh, nice. Go ahead. Do your thing. It wouldn't be right to do at least one song turned to spoken word piece this season. Save your size. You asked if I had a cold open. What about your friends? Will they stand their ground? Will they let you down? Will they turn their backs on you? This has been Sid's Spoken Word Corner. Thank you. You said this is the first one in season two. This is the third episode, Sydney. It's not like you held out. (laughs) Okay. But it's the first one of season two. Is that not correct? What I said. Okay. New season, same bullshit. (laughs) What did we watch this week, Sydney? This week, we tuned into Paper Friends, available on BET+, written and directed by Jasmine S. Green and Marty Hines, starring Sharon Lill, Robin Lee, Dorian Missick, Bonita Nall, and Jason Olive. All right, let's start the show. The new Chitlin' Circuit. Welcome back to the new Chitlin Circuit, the only podcast dedicated to Black indies only. My name is Lex. And I'm Sid. Each week, we review a Black independent or low-budget movie just for y'all. All right, so let's kick off episode three with our highly coveted 60-second challenge, which is always sponsored by uh, one of our favorite sponsors. You, our listener... We really appreciate all of you for tuning in every Monday and continuing to support the show. While I have you here, go ahead and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast and a comment if you're so willing. All right. Now, Alexis, are you ready to explain the plot of Paper Friends in 60 seconds or less? I think I am. Yes. Okay. Let's get the clock going. All right. So... Five friends used to go to NYU, you know, a lifetime ago, and now they're all deep into adulthood, uh, maybe in their early 40s. We have two friends that are a couple. They're married. They have two kids. One of those kids goes to NYU. Um, Another friend who's a struggling, like, a starving artist. She's an actress. And then one friend who's a big baller. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. quite clear what she did for work, but she was a baller. <laughs> and also a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and then another friend who is a baller, but less of an asshole. And they all are trying to still stay connected and like heal old wounds and grow in their friendships and also in themselves. They're just reaching a new part of adulthood. Um, I imagine you just reach a new place when you get into your 40s and everything slows down. How'd I do? Literally one second left before the timer was about to go off. Yes. (laughs) I've been playing it safe, so I wanted to squeeze in as much as I could this episode. I'm so happy. Thank you. That was was good. You live to see another episode. Thank you very much, my friend. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, now that you guys know what happened in the movie, we're going to get into our review. I want to hear your thoughts on this, Sydney. How'd you feel about Paper Friends? You know, uh, so this week's movie was my pick. Um, I was excited to watch it. I'd been seeing it on BET Plus for a while. Um, Just like had it in the back of my mind to check out. 
and glad that we are getting to discuss Paper Friends uh, this season. I like the movie a lot. Um, I think I, I really like ensemble friendship movies and stories. Uh, so this is clearly checked off that bucket. So like a Why Did I Get Married or, you know, Insecure, something more recent, um, The Best Man, all those kind of, I enjoy movies like that. Uh, and this just kind of was another just add it to that list of movies that I liked in that category. Um, but it also really made me, which we've talked about a lot before off air, want movies similar to this, but with people our age, right? So it's like they mm-hmm. were in their 40s and it's great to have that, I guess, what are they, late millennials or are they early Gen X? I don't know. Yeah, these guys kind of seem like Gen Xers to me. Yeah, I would say that. So, I mean, you know, we're like on the weird cusp of that last year of millennials, but also kind of Gen Z. And it'd be great to see us and our friend group or people like our friend group, you know, and they're like early 20s, just starting out, meeting back together. I don't know, at some event, a homecoming, whatever. I just would love to see more of those stories told, too. So it kind of sparked that idea watching this. But how did you feel about Paper Friends? Overall, I really like the movie as well. And the the reason being is because similar to you, I mean, we, we're best friends. We have similar tastes. <laughs> um, I also really like to see like a movie about characters, like, you know, mm-hmm. especially when there's like a long history between characters and like, it's something that me, it feels like sitting down to drink, like with drinks with a table of people at like a random yes. table of people at a restaurant. That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Like you just get dropped into it and you're trying to pick up clues. They're like, wait a minute, what happened in 94? Right. <laughs> She's like, with who? Wait a minute, that happened? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really like that. Um, I think in terms of the plot, like the story, I mm-hmm. found myself somewhere in the middle of the movie, like being like, oh, I kind of wish there was like some hijinks or like a, a little bit more action in the plot but by the time the movie wrapped up I got over that because I think this movie is like a this movie is like a a proper character study you know Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. five characters really pop off the screen they're all fully fully dimensional even though we only spend one evening with them and I feel like I could predict what any five of those characters would say in any certain situation you know agreed yeah and as we both know, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of indie filmmakers, filmmakers in general, but indie filmmakers showing some restraint. And mm-hmm. I really, I think it would have been easy to just clutter up the plot with a bunch of different locations and a bunch of different like scenarios, but it was bold and um, it, it was bold to, to just say, it's I not. know this script is good <laughs> enough. And yeah. I know these actors are good enough and you're just going to look at them talk. And they did it. They pulled it off and it was good. The cast had great chemistry. I'll say that too, which is really great. Um, they seem like old friends who hadn't spoken in a while and also had some tension um, in between mm-hmm. all of that. So it was it was really great casting too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the actors really knocked it out of the park. Like, yeah. remember when we watched My First Love with um, Pooch Hall and Gabrielle Dennis? Yes. Mm-hmm. And because we said the same thing about chemistry in that movie. And I think where chemistry shines between actors is not just who does good 
like with two actors who are in love, you know? But right, right. How well can you play two actors who don't like each other? <laughs> like that's chemistry too. <laughs> that's true. Make me believe y'all really hate each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. All right. So that's that's our general thoughts on the movie. Let's get right on into it. Here at the New Chitlin Circuit, we'd like to start with the first scene when we're breaking down these scenes. So I'm mm-hmm. going to toss it to you, Sydney. This scene opens up. We got Dorian Missick and, uh, oh, geez, I forget the actress's name. I know her from House of Pain. Mm-hmm. She was the crazy ass, CJ's crazy ass girlfriend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she was throwing them glasses. She could act. <laughs> she could act. I mean, broke up Miss Ella's house. Oh, she got to go. Uh <laughs> Her name is Robin Lee, uh, who played Ah. Anna. (laughs) Yes. We start the movie with them. Where were you at? Like, you know, were you bought into the premise like immediately or did it take some time? Like, did you fall in love with the characters right off bat? Yeah, I'd say it was pretty immediate. So I was really trying to get the lay of the land. The first scene, like, okay, so you read the just general synopsis on Google. Okay. This is what this is about. So they're all friends in some capacity. So I'm like, how am I going to label each of the characters? So like the first like minute and a half when we're introduced to everybody's okay. So you clearly have an unhappy married couple, which is uh, Anna and Carson's character. They're like in the bathroom, both getting ready for the night. She's putting on lip gloss. He's brushing his teeth and they both look pissed. So I'm like, are y'all not excited to go out? Cause you clearly have a small child. You don't want to be together. I can tell. Yeah. Then you have um, the the broke friend, uh, who we find out later is an actress, and her and her little rundown apartment. She's in her forties uh, with a roommate, which there's nothing wrong with having a roommate in your forties. It's just not my preference. Um, and her apartment does not look that great, so you can tell she is not making a whole lot of money. Then you know what I like? I like big baller stuff. Until I found out homegirl was a bitch, um, but. <laughs> Her apartment was fly. It was it was a really nice New York expensive apartment. Something that I wish to have um, soon. I would you know, I like my apartment now, but I would I would like a nice high rise uh, situation eventually. And then the other rich friend uh, who was Mick Hottie from the game. I don't know if you clocked mm-hmm. that. Um, I did. And he he looked rich too because only rich men open their collars like that and let their chest hair out. That's a rich man thing. Like broke niggas don't do that. So I knew they was both. <laughs> I knew they was both other rich friends. What an apt analysis. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say I did buy into the premise uh, immediately. And I wanted to see how they all interacted with each other. Like, what's going to mm-hmm. happen tonight? Or is this going to take place over a few different nights? Uh, it was mm-hmm. just one, like, Saturday evening until, like, the early, I guess, Sunday morning. But... The opening scene really had me in. I was watching. I wanted to see what was going to happen. What about you? Yeah, I was bought in. And I, I so I wasn't sure what way it was going to go. Like, I, I mm-hmm. did read the synopsis this time. I usually don't. And I knew it would be about a night out. And clearly, Anna and Carson were getting ready for a night out. But I didn't know where it was going to go. Like, if it was going to take a wild turn, like hangover or something. Right. <laughs> but... That could be good. No, oh. it was that would be good. <laughs> they should do that. <laughs> we should make a movie like that. Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so when we get to the next part, because we see them all getting ready for the night, and when we get to the next part, they all meet up to pregame at London, the rich friend's house mm-hmm. uh, apartment. 
And it, that made me a quick question. Do people that age still pregame? Because I know that by that age, you don't really do more than like two or three drinks in a whole evening at that right. age. You know, I'm not going to put no assumptions on that age group. Um, I, I mean, my parents are in their 50s. and I know they don't. Uh, but I, I would assume people 10 years younger than them may have a glass of wine before heading out for the night's festivities, which would only include dinner, not yeah. whatever else they did that night. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I don't know. Because I'm not 40. I'm not going to say y'all is sitting in the house all day. Because y'all could be out in the streets. Know. I don't really know, though. Because even us personally, right, like, we have noticed in our early 20s how we cannot drink as much as we did in college. And we are not. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So It's already know. slowing down. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I, that's no judgment on the 40 and up crowd. If anything, the, the place where I got that assumption from is 40 and up Twitter not letting anybody forget that they're 40 and up. Like, that's right. all they did. They wake right. up in the morning and tweet, like, I'm grown. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, okay. okay like, I'm, I wasn't here for the 80s. I'm sorry. <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> and none of them want you to call them, like, auntie. Well, I- <laughs> Is it Uchiwali or One Mike? Which right, one you are? Like, you, I'm trying to be do respectful. Do you want to be the elder here or do you want to be cool? <laughs> right. So what's up? <laughs> mm-hmm. hmm. how, how, nevertheless, these 40-somethings mm-hmm. are taking tequila shots and going out for a, a long night. <laughs> After they've already had a bottle of champagne and half a bottle of wine. Now they're taking yeah. back tequila shots. That's a lot yeah. before dinner. That's a lot. Like, that's a lot for us now. We try that now. Yeah. We're like, girl, I'm tired. We're not going to make it out. We're not going out. <laughs> but I caught up on, this is kudos to the writer. I caught up on, like, the tension real quick. Because I was like, when they first mm-hmm. got there, even when it was just London and Chris, I was like, yo, I think they hate each other. Like, I think these yeah. people hate each other. Same. But it was also a lot of sexual tension between London and Chris. So I said, oh, maybe they were a former couple, which was proven to be right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, That's yeah. The actors really knocked it out of the park with like the subtext. There was everything was in between the lines at first, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I would also give a little credit to the actor <laughs> um, who played Chris, who also played McHotty, who also played a husband on Tyler Perry's For Better or Worse on the OWN Network. Hmm. You never seen that? I one? never, I never watched for better or worse. That's um, outside of my Tyler Perry knowledge. Oh, you should, because that's not in the TPU. Is it not all in the TPU? Mm-mm. For better or worse, isn't in like the because think when you think about it for real, why did I get married? Is not in the TPU. Hmm, Medea did not make an appearance in any. Well, did she not show up on that show, the spinoff show with um, Marcus and Tasha? No, no, that's for better or worse. And oh, oh no, oh, I-, I think she did show up because throw back to two episode two weeks ago, Bobby J. Mm-hmm. Thompson was Tasha and Marcus's son on that show. And I think he was uh, misbehaving and yep. Medea showed up, I think, once. Then I have seen that show, if that's the case. Okay, I have seen it. So, wow, my our Tyler Perry knowledge expands. It's deep. <laughs> <laughs> it's deep. <laughs> Nevertheless, that actor who was also on that Tyler Perry show, he just, mm-hmm. I, I don't.
don't know if he can control it or not. I don't know if it's a superpower or like a curse on him. He always comes off sleazy on screen. He does. <laughs> he always comes off like he's trying to like, uh, like his character is trying to get with whoever's standing in front of him. That's a good point. Cause even when, um, uh, the actress friend and who was her name? Uh, Waverly. The actress friend, when she shows up to London's apartment, I also thought, okay, so like, did y'all sleep together too? Cause he's really all up on you after him and London just talked about their relationships and current like sex situations and you doing the same thing. Did you sleep with the whole friend group? That yes. was like where I was going with that. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I, so I smelled that right off rip. Cause if it's one thing I can point out is a nigga who ain't up to no good. <laughs> he was not. Mm. Mm-hmm. So they're Check. nailing it. Like the, the, the actors are nailing this tension and this, like the, the script is, is solid with all this beef, right? Unspoken beef. Yeah. Here's what I want to talk about though. I think you can agree with this. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you, you might know where I'm going. The rich friend London, you know, she has opened up her home to invite them in for the pregame. And these broke niggas come in pocket watching. Why is you? <laughs> Don't be talking about if my couch was an architectural digest. It was. It was. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Don't be inquiring about my uh, occupation. <laughs> Girl, how much money you made this year? I'll tell you if I feel like it. And if you did see it in a magazine, just say you like it and keep it pushing. Cause, yeah. Because now you're trying to make me feel some type of way. Which at first I'll say that made me not um, hate London as much for calling him poor, but she did mm-hmm. call him poor one too many times. And and later on in my notes, I go call some call me poor one more time, and we throw in bows because I'm yeah. only gonna take so much of this shit from you tonight, Miss London. Uh, but <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. and that's exactly where I think we should go next when yes. they get to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Cause that's when shit really gets real. I think that scene, uh, their first, their first location of the night at this very ex- exclusive restaurant in the city somewhere, I think it perfectly showed uh, where each of them are currently at in their lives at this point, and how they're that sure they're friends and that dynamic is there. But then we really understand, like, oh wait a minute, so y'all really haven't spoken to each other in a while. We don't know how long yet at this point. But y'all clearly stop speaking to each other because you're very different and you don't seem to really like each other. Like college for y'all was, you know, it was the place where you're all 18 to 20 something years old and you just kind of like fall into friendship sometimes. And after school, y'all said, well, why would I still be friends with this girl? Because she's a bitch. And it showed mm-hmm. in that scene and it was executed perfectly in that dinner scene. I think. Yeah. Big agree. They get the London picks a restaurant, this pricey ass restaurant. They go down there, mm-hmm. and you know, I do. <laughs> there was a good moment uh, where they open the menus, and London and Chris, the rich friends, are like, Yeah, oh, this looks so good. And the other three are like, Oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> like when they open the menu, up. right? <laughs> we just put the chicken, we get in the chicken, yeah. right? That's that's the cheapest thing they got here. Okay, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just want to put a, like a quick pin because I think in this scene at the dinner table, which, like, like I said, the filmmaker in this movie, a lot of I think well applied restraint. Like this, mm-hmm. this dinner lasts for a good like twenty minutes of the movie, and it mm-hmm. felt okay. 
because if like that's what that's what that's what people do like that's right what, that's how adults hang out is sit at <laughs> a restaurant for three hours like that's how that goes. right right <laughs> you know just a quick shout out because i think who who really owned this scene dorian mystic i think he was just made to play these type of roles i love seeing him in this type of like you know let me text check on the baby uh right with the chicken like <laughs> Real suburban dad, <laughs> like, yeah. but also kind of an asshole. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And they, I think the the main takeaway I had at the dinner table scene was they they start breaking the ice a little bit more because back at the pregame, there were mm-hmm. just these little jabs about you know careers and stuff like that. But they let it go, and they by right. the time they get to dinner. Things start cutting a little deeper and they start talking about family, you know? Yeah. And London, the like queen bitch of the group, (laughs) (laughs) she is like acting like marriage and children are just the worst thing ever, like objectively, you know? Right, right. (laughs) Which is clearly her own insecurity. Did you clock when uh, they're talking about... uh... Anna and Carson's daughter, like they're toasting to her to go to NYU and uh, London's face is really like, man, fuck them kids, but I'm a toast. Anyway, yes. about my vacation. <laughs> my literal note there was hating ass bitch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Why is you hating? Right. Girl, let, let's hmm. toast little Lily. She's in her freshman year. She's getting good grades. You could toast and cheese for three seconds and shut up. Damn. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I did clock that. <laughs> you know what? I don't know if you've seen this because this, it, what I'm about to reference is a little white. Um, but Netflix show Friends from College. I've seen it on my feed, but I've never watched it. Mm-hmm. With Keegan-Michael Key and that white man with the teeth. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like this. It's like you're going on about your life. Some people have family. Some people are single. Some people have money. Some people don't. And it's mm-hmm. just like this beneath the surface tension and it all like boils up. I, at this point of the movie at the dinner, I was like, it, it was a very strong parallel between those two things. So I wonder if the filmmakers like, like saw that or were inspired or like, you know, great minds type of thing. Yeah. Or great minds think alike. Could be. Yeah. And as <laughs> just a quick note before I pass it back to you, I have to say this because this is. Okay. <laughs> This is just my philosophy on life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, I was annoyed with the broke friends pocket watching the rich friend. Uh-huh. I don't like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> of course, I was annoyed with that. But even more annoying, mm-hmm. how you going to flex on all your friends and then act funny when the bill come? No bird, uh-huh. man. No big baller. No. <laughs> Immediately say, y'all, it's cool. I got it. You should have said that when we sat down. When you saw me looking yes. apprehensive. No, y'all, get what you want. I got it. That's what you should have yes. said immediately. That's <laughs> what you should have said. Are we going to get the red wine or the white? Expensive-ass bottle of wine. You say, right. bring both because I'm paying. No big deal. So everybody can relax. Exactly. And you're going to sit up here and act, act stingy with your little visa. <laughs> Girl, if you put that card down. <laughs> I don't like that. Don't be rich and stingy. <laughs> right. You can afford this little meal. Hell, you got $500 sitting around. This easy for you. You live in a penthouse. Exactly. And you're single. You stop playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that got under my skin. 
they have this dinner and they're talking about family and Anna and Carson, this is where we start smelling a little something funky over there too. Mm-hmm. You know, cause Carson's like throwing digs at Anna who once wanted, we find out she once wanted to be a high power lawyer, but she's yep. just, she's still a paralegal right now. She didn't finish um, getting uh, barred or like, how do you say that? Getting into the bar, getting, I think uh, let's say getting barred. I like that better. Bored. Okay. Yeah, like getting bored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't finish. So he was like making digs at his own wife in front of these people about her career. And you know how I feel about that? Because I've said before that th- listen, um, ladies, this we going back to the relationship corner. There are just some things that I will not put up with. <laughs> and that is one of them. I have mentioned before, don't ruin no engagement for me by proposing at somebody else's wedding or on a holiday. Don't do that. That's tacky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this instance, we are currently married. And not only am I the mother of your big-headed-ass kids, but mm-hmm. I'm out with you tonight trying to have a good time. And you want to belittle me in my current job in front of our friends we ain't seen in 20 years? Nigga, if you don't feel like me happy... <laughs> yeah. My current job, which you... Is combined with your income. Hello. This is not little money that I can like that we don't need. This is a th- right. my job is paying for this little funky apartment too. So let's get I that together tonight. I, I, know. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Now, just when the scene, because like I said, this dinner scene lasted a long time. They were in this one location for a while. Just mm-hmm. when it was starting to like, you know, lag on a little bit, we get a timely introduction of like a side character come in the chef. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who played as like a, like an emotional compass almost in the scene uh, <laughs> right. to show you what like real love <laughs> sounds and looks like and like real life dedication and passion. Cause it was true that Carson and Anna were saying that their family was mm-hmm. everything and all of that, but it was clear that they had reservations about that. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And now I think that was, um, well, first I want to give a shout out to the actor, the chef, um, Berto Cologne. He's mm-hmm. currently in Power Book 2, which I just finished binging. Uh, he plays mm-hmm. Monet's incarcerated husband. Uh, and it's 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 a great extension of the, of the franchise. Uh, so shout out to you, <laughs> sir. <laughs> but also, nice. um, back to your point, uh, Carson and Anna didn't even have to say anything at that scene when we bring the chef into the picture. But the way they looked at each other when he's like, as long as I have my, you know, my kids and my wife, I don't need, you know, I can shit in a hole any day. Because he had given this whole story about where he came from or whatever. And they go look at each other like, Mm-mm. no, I, Mm-mm. I'm not doing that with you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah. No. And like I think that was such a good uh device in the in the scene, like a good thing to introduce him because that really gave perspective. And that's when I became mm-hmm. sure that Anna and Carson were not happy. Like I didn't yeah. pick up on it in the office, <laughs> but I it became clear in that dinner. Oh yeah. The minute he said in your little paralegal job, I said first of all, if you put Lil in front of my job, oh mm-hmm. no. No. I'm I'm asking for a divorce tonight in front of our friends. If you want to embarrass me, my divorce, my divorce. (laughs) Bring out some more champagne. Big ballers paying. That's what that's what should have (laughs) happened. Put it on big ballers black card. (laughs) Yeah, she got it. (laughs) Yeah, 
every decision, every time they decide to make the night longer is where mm-hmm. my earlier point about wishing that there was a little bit more like cause and effect, a little bit more like motion in the yeah. plot. That's the only time that I thought about it because at the end of this dinner, I, as a reasonable, reasonable person could not think of a mm-hmm. reason why any of them would want to continue this evening with each other. Yeah. <laughs> but they did right. anyway. <laughs> like, was it really all for the sake of we haven't seen each other in so long? Let's hang out as long as possible. But like, if I know I do not like you after dinner, I, I'm, I'm saying my house is on fire. I don't care whatever ridiculous excuse I got to make to get the hell away from y'all. I'm going home. I do not mm-hmm. want to hang out anymore. So that's a good point. (laughs) The thing that I think, like, just like tiny things that could have made that decision make a little bit more sense to me. um, Right. Was like, if somebody, like, if Chris got a phone call and it was like, great news. Like, if he closed the business deal or something, he's like, let's go out celebrate. I've been working on this for six months. I'll pay the tab next place. Mm -hmm. Like, that would make sense. Like, of course, let's go to a bar. Right. But no, they took a stroll and they ended up at a bar to continue this hellish evening. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about awkward. This, the bar scene was, I mean, tensions were, they really, they didn't get to like a volcano eruption point till that last uh, location. But at this point I was ready to pop. So I said, are y'all really going to sit around and just really talk trash to each other for another two hours? (laughs) Is this what we're going to do? It was outrageous. Like, it, <laughs> like you know how, and maybe maybe it's just me. I don't know. Like, whenever I'm around white people's families. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I've never and, been around, uh, I think, a white person. Oh, no, when I played soccer. But that was, like, fleeting moments. Oh, my. Then, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but go Well, ahead. when I see how white people talk to their family, I'd be like, bro, that's really mean. Like... <laughs> Like, you don't love your brother? (laughs) Right. Like, and they just be sitting there taking it. (laughs) And that's how I felt watching by the time this movie got to the bar scene. And I was even more, I was doubly invested because I'm like, I got to see how this goes because ain't no way that somebody not going to fight tonight. Somebody slapping up tonight because this is, this has got, I'm throwing fists. London got one more time to call me poor tonight. She going to try and mm-hmm. talk about my career and my dating uh, habits. Because we could talk about you yeah. too, sis. You're not happy. Yeah. And that's <laughs> yeah. exactly this bar scene. If for me, the dinner scene put a spotlight on Anna and Carson, the bar scene put a spotlight on London even more. And mm-hmm. I want to talk about a part, the part of the scene where she like just picks a random girl in the bar a random oh, yeah. other grown woman in the bar uh-huh. and starts like, like, like dissecting in the meanest of like the most malicious of ways. Yeah. Um, her appearance and like these judgments that London has made about her. Like, mm-hmm. she's like, Oh, look at her. She's single. She don't got nobody. Nobody want to talk to her. Look at her. She quiet. She's scared. She probably broke. <laughs> <laughs> she probably broke. Look at her shoes. Her friends right. clearly have more money. This is the broke friend. And meanwhile, you sitting here with three of your broke friends. And, <laughs> and what are they supposed to think you think about them? Exactly. And how do you even function with this much judgment in your brain? Like, all day you just think about other people. You never think about yourself all day, every day. That's what you're doing. 
I don't have the energy. I don't have the time. I, no. And yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. That did really expose Londa. And that's when I said, if I was supposed to hate her character, it worked because I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and God. But they didn't leave you with just that one dimension because I got right there too. I was like, okay, hate this bitch. And all right. of my notes started referring her to the rich bitch. That's, that was, <laughs> then all of my notes changed <laughs> after this scene um, when I referred to her. Um, but they they bring in a they bring that dimension like that third dimension in by that what you just mentioned Waverly talking about her like dating past and mm-hmm. then London steps in and be like I would have dated any other men that you were with Did like you? it was clear right. she's insecure like she's right. small minded she insecure and she lonely right. and she did was like man I wish any man would just look my way tonight okay huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay girl. <laughs> Like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> you scaring the hoes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and I I must say again, just like I said at dinner, this bitch London. <laughs> Shout out to Sharon Lil. She really did this. Because really <laughs> <laughs> this bitch London. The fucking check come and the bitch say, I, I wrote it down. And she said, I'm not sponsoring this whole evening. The hell you ain't. You just sat up here and called all of us broke. So you know that we ain't got it. Swipe the card. Stop playing with me because you really want me to fight you now. Because that's the, at that point, that's like the 10th time she has called them poor. And I said, okay, now it's time to fight. I want a bar stool thrown. Knock some glasses <laughs> over because yeah. she has tried it for the last time tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's yeah. not even this that like it's bad enough to call your friends broke and poor, but it's another thing to like she was literally saying like we all chose our paths. <laughs> <laughs> what? A damn uh conservative republican. I, I we all have our own paths in life's chart. Pull yourself up by your bootstrap, bitch. Like Yeah. <laughs> it was deplorable and at this point i cannot imagine wanting to spend another second i wouldn't even i would have left that bitch with the tab i would have walked out (laughs) you got it right we all got two drinks say 17 dollars each you got it i'll see y'all never have a nice (laughs) night london (laughs) exactly but no (laughs) they get convinced to continue the evening. <laughs> London's friend is a singer, Court J, mm-hmm. and she is performing somewhere around the corner and they want to go. <sighs> so they end up at a third location. In- yeah. Three locations is a lot for an adult night out. Mm-hmm. And I'm still like a, a spring chicken and three locations is a lot. Unless it's yeah. on the same street, three locations is too much. That's true. <laughs> so imagine three locations in one night of a bad night. Oh. <laughs> There's no fun to be had. I mean, zero fun. We may may have laughed about the good times for 10 minutes total in this hellish evening. And we're still going <laughs> together. Yeah. 
So they get to the court, like they get to Court J's concert, which is in like a swanky little lounge. It looks cute. It's cute. That's another it thing. All the sets are nice. All the restaurant, mm-hmm. the bar, and the concert venue look like places I would want to be on a, on a Saturday night. So shout out to the set design and the lighting. But uh, these characters are still struggling. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we find out about Chris and Waverly, though. Ooh, and at this point, I said, okay, so now we really gonna bust the top because y'all really not fucking with each other now. So we fought, I, which was weird to me because this, another Tyler Perry reference, was also kind of like the confessional scene in Why Did I Get Married? The first one when everybody's spilling each other's secrets and it just really Ooh, goes yeah. left. Oh my God, real the parallels. Quick, the parallels, right. <laughs> Like, real, real quick, we've, I don't know why they decided to bring this up, clearly to hurt each other, but 20 years prior, Chris and London were a couple. I don't know, they had some issue and broke up, but Chris and Waverly had slept with each other during this break between uh, London and Chris, and they bring it up at the club, uh, this last venue tonight, and Mm. it goes just how you would think. Yeah, it does. And the best part about this concert scene, right, is that Mm -hmm. something I really wanted in the bar scene, but I got here in this scene, was some pairing off. I wanted the the friend group to break Mm. off and see, I wanted to see some different pairings. And we Mm -hmm. get London and Chris sneak off to the bathroom to fuck, which is like, (laughs) come on, guys. Like, (laughs) just wait till the night's over. Yeah. And then Waverly, Anna, and Carson stay at the table to talk about how broke they like. <laughs> they were like, "Girl, this is too expensive. Why are we even right. here? <laughs> I gotta pay rent this month." Ooh. Right. And then later, uh, Anna and London go outside to smoke a cigarette, and they kind of have like a little heart to heart, like a little connect, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But it's too little, too late because, as you said, Sydney, <laughs> the cat gets out the bag, and that makes all the dominoes fall. All of them. <laughs> Carson snaps <laughs> and <laughs> starts cussing London out, deservedly so. And I'm like, yeah, go off. But right. then when he starts dragging his own wife <laughs> is when I get confused. I, I took a note. I took a quote. He said, mm-hmm. you heard a pussy riot? Her pussy quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say that? That's your wife at dinner. What the fuck? <laughs> Cause, Cause, Chris and London had got back from clearly fucking in the bathroom, and Carson was right. like, "Oh, y'all clearly fucked. I ain't fucked since since our son was born." You heard a pussy riot. Her <laughs> pussy quiet. <laughs> and if there is anything that's uh, grounds for a divorce, I think that counts <laughs> because at that moment, bump irreconcilable differences. I'm telling the judge you assaulted me in public, and I want half. <laughs> I want it all. Fuck half. You can end up on the street. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it, things just get out of hand and <laughs> they get kicked out the damn club. <laughs> and this is now when we see, because London has found out about Chris and Waverly. Mm. So now she is yelling up through the streets, telling Chris, you know, fuck you. Like, I hate you and all of this stuff. Uh-huh. And everybody falls out, you know. At this point, I I didn't I didn't think it would end how it ended because we still have like what twenty thirty minutes left for the movie. Um, mm-hmm. So they pair off 
again, kind of. Uh, so yeah. it's time for Chris and Anna. That's not Chris and Anna. What's his name? Carson and Anna to go home back across the bridge to Jersey. Uh, their scene at the end is one of my favorites or towards the end was one of my favorites when they really both have this conversation. Uh, it's also shot really well too in the middle of like Times Square. Yeah. They had a really great location. How did the audio guys <laughs> do that? I don't know because <laughs> it was great. Uh, it mm-hmm. was clearly a very busy night in Times Square. Like behind them, you can see all the traffic and people in motion, but that entire like five minute scene, I'm glued into their conversation about look, we really only got married because I got pregnant right after school and, you know, I just didn't want to do the single mom thing and I knew I needed this double income to support myself and my kid, but I never for real loved you like that. And now here we are 20 years later, two kids later, and I hate you. Um, We just need to end this now. But it was so amicable. They were just like, you know, like, let's get a divorce. This is not healthy for either one of us. Yeah, it was more like, let's get a divorce. Right. <laughs> I loved this scene. It was. It is, I know, you know, we're pretty early into the year and we're also only three movies into the season, mm-hmm. but this is my favorite so far. <laughs> <laughs> because like, wow. Number one, yeah. Robin Lee, hell yeah. Um, yeah. Just like the, the emotional journey she took in the conversation it felt like she was processing the emotions as she talked it felt yeah. so honest because that's honest conversation is not when you already thought about it but that could be mm-hmm. true too but like when you are just saying exactly what's on your mind at the moment I could just tell that's what you know um, yeah the character was doing and it was like redemptive almost it was like like a mm-hmm. like relief like washed over her and she goes I want to get a divorce I want to get a divorce yeah <laughs> and they laugh and they hug and that's great and you know how that's I feel perfect. about that um when my parents talked about their divorce like all through my childhood they always mentioned it and I'm like mm-hmm. yeah I mean divorce was final we went out to Red Lobster and right. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just it mm-hmm. I mean it really wasn't like a <laughs> like we just had to do it but like right, we were right. still hungry, like, we're still friends. <laughs> we could share a shrimp basket and a Cheddar Bay biscuit, like ain't nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And that was in '99. Red Lobster was uh like high class back it then. Was. <laughs> now it's just aquatic Applebee's. Yeah, biscuits still go yeah. off though. Anyway, yeah, the biscuits go off. <laughs> but yeah, and then we get messy ass London and Chris is <sighs> some laid up having sex, and London think. She she's still delusional. Delusional as a person. <laughs> delusional. Like thinking that this man is is wanting her to move to LA and be with him and they could just get back together after being she's an emotional terrorist. She, <laughs> like, <laughs> she, she is, she's the villain. You know how the kids are like, I'm the main character? You're right. the villain. <laughs> What's not like she literally the the whole movie? She, <laughs> we should have peaked. I should have, you know. At first, I thought she's kind of bitchy and rich, cool. But once we got to the bedroom scene with her and Chris, I said, "Oh no, she's lost it. This this is it for London. Um, mm-hmm. Can we we have got to get her out of here? Because you're embarrassing yeah. yourself, sis. This is this is not cute <laughs> at all." But, you know, she does have a come-to-Jesus moment when she's walking the streets in her robe and runs into Waverly. Yeah. 
<laughs> and you know, we get a little bit of um a little bit of growth for her. She's got a long journey of therapy, yeah. journaling, and apologizing, and maybe mm-hmm. some 12 steps <laughs> um, yeah. before she can become a better person. And I like that the movie didn't just like magically like make it, oh, I get it. I'm better. Like, right. you know, right. it's just what it is. You have the realization and then you go on a long, hard journey to make yourself a better you. Mm-hmm. What was great too about that uh, last like come to Jesus scene with Waverly and London was that London finds out after all these years she thought that you know the friend group had just stopped speaking to each other, mm. but it turns out the four of them have been in contact and hanging out and still you know kicking for twenty years. They just haven't included you, and yeah. then she's really like, oh shit, yeah, you're <laughs> the problem. It's you. It always has been. And they foreshadowed it a little bit at the bar because when they were talking about Waverly's boyfriends, Carson was like, oh, what about that guy and that guy and that guy? Mm -hmm. And London was like, you know a lot about her dating life. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, oh, Facebook, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Mm -mm, Them niggas is at Costco together on Sundays. (laughs) Right. She is babysitting uh, Carson on his kids and shit. (laughs) Look, this is not. mm -mm. (laughs) They friends, friends, girl. They just not friends with you. Yeah. And you know, one thing that I'll say, cause this is, this is like the last thing I, cause we, we've, we've pretty much given the plot of the movie. They kind of yeah make up mm-hmm. a little bit. They not make up as in all is forgiven, all is forgotten, but make up as in, mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to keep working at this relationship with y'all. Like, you know, right. right. <clears throat> the one thing I want to add to the end is just a general thing about the movie that I think was nice is that New York, like New York city is often seen as like a playground for the young, either you're young, mm. scrappy and broke or mm-hmm. like, you know, sex in the city and like rich, right. and like, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> but it was really nice to see, especially black people. Uh, it would be, of course it would have been nice if it was about like people from New York, but it, this is yeah, fine. Yeah. Too. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, black people, you know, in like in their middle part of life, yeah. um, and their connection to the city. You get the stoop scene at mm-hmm. the end. What a wonderful yep. shot. Really great shot. The lighting was great. I don't know how early they had to get up in the morning to catch that lighting to do that scene. Or like mm-hmm. right at dawn, whatever. It was that was it was perfect. It yeah. was perfect. You get that, you know, you get um like it's just an infamous phenomenon of couples fighting on New York street corners. If you've never <laughs> If you have never had an argument with your significant other on a New York street corner, God bless you. How does it feel to be God's favorite? It's not fun to, to sit out there on the corners, people walking by. It's, and now Nobody you got to be that you. person. Nobody bought. They look because they arguing. Let me keep head down. I'm going to keep on going. Mm-hmm. What I'm, I'm not going to even bother them. Let them argue because <laughs> it could get out of hand. I don't want to be around when it does. Yeah. And it's stuff like that that makes it so clear, like, why New York is such a great backdrop for a story like this. So I I just really appreciated that because, you know, it's not often you see people who, like, most of the characters in in the movie weren't rich. People who Mm -hmm. aren't rich and are older and what what New York means to them. That's a good point. Yeah. And still trying to navigate the cities in their own way. Because I don't look... I live in New York now, but I don't know if I have like, well, maybe I do. I I do enjoy living in the city, but 
if I'm 40 something years old and still scraping up some change, I'm coming back to Atlanta. Give me a nice little cheap spot. I mean, I think that's a good decision. I really, really (laughs) doubt you'll be scraping change at 40. Um, But also if you get like, like, like rich, rich up there in New York and you want to move out to Jersey, I'm not, I'm not coming to visit you. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But it'll be a lovely house with a circular driveway. In Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking, friend. I'll come visit you wherever you are. Yeah, because you know I'm trying to be the HOA president, so I got to live in the suburbs for that. Sydney, I have an important question to ask you (laughs) before you start lamenting on your dreams of (laughs) terrorizing your future neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) Sid, who came to act? I'm so glad uh, to get this question every week. And honestly, this week was a difficult one for me because, uh, like, we both said at the beginning of the episode, the the actors in this really did a stellar job. I mean, like, their friendship chemistry was great. Uh, they rocked it off rip. But there's only one nominee each episode. And I would plan to stick to that rule. Yes. So, for that reason... This week's Who Came to Act nominee is Miss Sharon Lill. Mm. If the point of this, her character was for me to really hate her, like, I mean, hate her guts, it worked. And it, like, I was still angry five minutes after watching, like, who's thinking she is? <laughs> you were still mad? I'm still mad at her, like, I don't be sending no damn stupid for her. I'm taking my ass home. Like it, it, it really <laughs> took me there. Um, so, Miss Sharon, uh, we're fans of you here at the New Chitlin Circuit. Uh, you killed the role of London and Paper Friends, um, and I am honored to nominate you for this week's award. I wholeheartedly accept that nomination on her behalf because. She really did it. (laughs) She really did. Now, here's what I am going to have to do. Every episode, you know, you nominate one person and Mm -hmm. one actor. And, you know, it's either accept or deny from me. Mm -hmm. But on rare occasions, I need to offer a runner up. And this is one of those occasions. Please, please do. And I think you might know already, but Robin Lee really really yep. nailed it. She was my going to be my next pick. Yeah. That woman can act. And like I think she I don't know she just she kind of has like a and this is this is high marks for me. She has like a Nicole Bahari type of like Ooh, like like she, Miss Bahari. You know, you know how we feel about Nicole Bahari. Right? You know how like, you know, people will say like certain actors act with their mouth or certain actors act with mm-hmm. their like hands. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. Nicole Bahari is a, a class of actor that kind of acts with her like being. It sounds woo woo, but like she acts with her aura. <laughs> like yeah, she does. Like she has the like I don't know what it's not a facial expression or like a it's just a collection of small emotions or just vibes. I don't know, like a smile that she can emit to change the mood of any room that she's in. And yeah. Robert Lee kind of does that too. Like it's it's like a very delicate it's very it's subtle and it's like it's intricate and i think i think she's just a great actress and she really i didn't feel this way about her before i thought she was good but i didn't i never seen yeah her yeah show no, out same, like this because i think my 
like only in-depth knowledge of her acting was like her sitting on House of Pain, which is high marks for for us because we love House of Pain. Um, we referenced that we referenced the show on every episode just about because there's a yeah. connection point somewhere. Uh, but seeing her in this movie and her that one divorce monologue we talked about, I oh, and my notes did say oh she came to act with this that was in my <laughs> notes. <laughs> so I that's great runner up pick. Um, I hope to see her in some more stuff too. So. I really do. And, you know, with full transparency, I know I'm not. Look, I don't want to bring no bullshit into season two, but I did. Before I, you know, I hesitated before I said it because I need to look up real quick to see if she was married. It mm-hmm. seemed like maybe she is, mm-hmm. um, but in the off case that she is not, I do want to express that my appreciation for you, Miss Lee does extend mm. beyond my love of film so mm. feel free to reach out if you have further inquiries about the nature of uh, <laughs> my fondness <laughs> for you at um the new chitlin circuit at gmail.com um wow. i will respond wow what i buried it deep in the episode this time look we just i'm gonna take a mark this is the first shoot your shot of the season um (laughs) beautiful woman very talented i mean i can't help it all right well i really got it all off my chest about this movie i really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you have anything else for him sid um no i do hope to see uh i want to shout out to the filmmakers real quick jasmine and uh jasmine and marty Really looking forward to seeing uh, what you ladies have coming up next. This was a great introduction uh, to your work, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you're just gonna keep making some really great stuff. So, shout out to mm-hmm. y'all! Yeah, the production house uh, DPP I saw on their website they got some upcoming work. So, big excite! You know, if it's anything like this, you got a fan already in me. Yeah, you do. You got two fans. Hey yo! I all right, y'all. That's it for this week. Y'all be easy. Thanks for listening. To join in on the conversation, follow us on Twitter at TNCCPod and on Instagram at New Chitlin Circuit. And that's spelled C-H-I-T-L-I-N. And for the latest and greatest, check out our website at thenewchitlincircuit.com. Oh.